Hello, everyone. Uh, we're going to be receiving the offering at this time, so if you would just prepare your hearts to do that. Uh, if you're visiting us for the first time, uh, please enjoy this service. Please don't feel obligated to give. For those of us who call New Hope our home church, give generously, please. Okay? Thank you. Um, while we're um, receiving the offering, I wanted to share a little story with you. You know, one time, a mother came up to me and she handed me a tithe envelope and she explained that it was from her daughter and she said the daughter was at home with 104 fever and she couldn't come to church. But Anne, who was 10 years old at that time, insisted that the mom bring her tithe to church. And I thought to myself, well, that's really encouraging to hear something like that. And I was really touched by that little girl's faithfulness to God. Well, I happen to know that's, that Anne's parents are very generous people themselves. And when you live a generous life, it teaches your family to be generous too. And you are le leaving a legacy, a powerful, powerful le legacy to be generous towards God, to be faithful to Him, and to trust Him. So it goes from generation to generations, so we must teach our children to be generous people. In Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, here at New Hope Church, we partner with parents and teach our children to be generous towards God. Why? Because we believe that the key principle of giving is put God first. And then when you do, it puts everything in your life in alignment with what God, God's plan is for you. And that is spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. So tonight, give generously and give with a cheerful heart. Okay? Well, let's uh, pray over the offering. Would you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, especially for who you are in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for um, blessing us with such a, a wonderful church. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to teach our children to be the best that they can be for you, Lord. And I pray that um, you will receive tonight's offering, Lord, as a way of us saying we worship you and we love you, Lord. So we give our best to you, Lord. We want to be generous towards you, Lord, just as you have been generous to, towards us, Lord. So we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please welcome Pastor Sheldon. Thank you, Pastor Pauline. Give me, give me a hug. Thank you. So Pastor Pauline, you know, you talk about raising up and, um, you know, uh, with the younger ones. And so when I first came to church, they tell me this story now, that when I first came to church, they were looking at me like, this guy get opportunity because I'm, I was so far from God that you guys loved me closer to him. Thank you for loving me as raw as I was and as young as I was. I was 19 when I came, but you guys led me, so thank you. Well, it was easy to love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to say that now because we have a relationship, but you guys did. Thank you, Pastor Pauline. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I so appreciate th those of us who, you know when people first come to church, I mean, we live in a world and a society where everyone is diverse. 
there's not one single person here that is the same. I mean, imagine if there was another person just like you. Imagine that. Wouldn't life be even that much greater? And if you lived with them, that they were just like you. Now, you might be thinking, oh, that would be great. I mean, if other people were just like me, the world would be such a better place. My home would be well kept. Everything would be in order and everything would be fine. We think that way, yet at the same time, does not God know better than us? So God doesn't make us the same. He gives us different types of qualities and, and personalities. And, and for some reason, he brings people together are, that are like opposite. Like how many of you are clean freaks? Well, not clean freaks. I shouldn't say that because now you're like, I ain't no clean freak. I'm clean, but I ain't no freak. So clean. You just like things like well-kept, put in order. Okay, most of us. Um, are you with someone in the house that is not like that? Don't have to say it out loud because it's... <laughs> but usually that's... We, we, and it's interesting because whenever God does something, he always does something with a purpose every single time. He has a reason for it. And the reason that God has a reason for it is because God is not stuck in this thing that we call time. He's not locked into what we know as time, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 365 days a year. He's not stuck in that. God is outside of time. God is eternal. So what God does is he creates us not for this temporary time, but he creates us for his eternal time. In other words, when God thought of us, he didn't think of us to just spend our lives here on this earth. He thought of us with eternity in mind. Our thoughts get stuck here. We think temporal because that's all we know. We don't know the other side of time. We don't know eternity because we're temporary. We're in this thing called time. Time can be measured. Eternity cannot be measured. Time can be clocked and kept as a record but eternity, you, you, you can't because there's nothing to keep record of. There's no history to it or chronological order. That's how, that's how God lives. He is and he is. He's the great I am. So he doesn't have a past, present, or future. He just is. We have a past. Many of us, we look at our past and we say, oh, that's, there, there's some horrible things in my past. Then we look at our present situation and we say, boy, things could be better. But then we would hope to have a better future or we try to picture what our future could look like. And we, we all hope for the very best. But at the same time, we, we can only see right now and then everything that happened before that. So we remember today and yesterday, but we have yet to see tomorrow. The series that we're in is called Values. And one of the values that God gives to us is the value of eternity. In other words, when he created us, he created us as eternal beings, not temporary. So regardless of how you feel, where your life heads, how long you're going to be on this earth, God is giving us a life beyond this time. It's an eternal life. And because of that, because of that eternal life, your value is never based on anything else than whatever God says. Why? Because he's given you an eternal value. If he gave you a temporary value, then everything that we value, 
that is temporary gives us that value back because we're temporary. So any temporary thing like money, any temporary thing like clothing or, or your house or how much you have, your car or whatever you own, that would give you value because you're temporary. You're, you're equal with the things that are temporary. But God made us eternal. So our value doesn't come from temporary things. It doesn't come from our bank account because in an instant that can be gone, but not your value. Our value is not based upon how much we own because that be, can be gone in an instant, but that doesn't take away your value. See, your eternal value is based on our eternal God. And so what we're going to look at tonight is how God put eternity in every single human heart. And he did that for a specific reason. So we're going to look at some things that, that will help us to understand our eternal value. Now, when you came in, you're given a, a, a bulletin. You can take some notes or our app, and uh, that will help you to follow along. Some of you take notes on that. But the scripture that God is going to kind of reveal this to us is found in the book of Ecclesiastes. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, God gives us a clear picture of what life looks like here on this earth. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'll just read it to us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'll read from verses 1 through 15. And he, he says it in this way, that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to, be, to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. That's, that's like hide and go seek, just letting you know that that works for there too. I've seen if you're paying attention. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. So the Bible gives us basically the, the kind of like the life cycle, things that happen in life and things that take place. But what do we gain from all of this? We really don't gain anything because everything is temporary. That's why he, he says that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift from God. In other words, God gave us a life to live and a life to enjoy that from the beginning to end, no one can fathom what God has done. But that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. See, each of us has a life to live. God has given us that. It is only your life. You cannot live someone else's life and no one can live yours. You have one shot at living your life 
to the very best in the way God created it to be. He gave you that value. He gave you a life to live, and he'll give you his spirit in which to accomplish greater things than what you could do normally without God. That's why some people are satisfied with life when they obtain temporary things. They say, no, I don't need God. I'm good. Why? Because I I have things. No, I don't need God. I'm good. Why? Because I, I have a home. I have my family. I don't need God because I'm good to go. I don't need God because everything is going well. So their mentality is those who struggle and those who need help are the people who need God. But that's not really the reality of why God created us. Absolutely everybody needs God, but we don't need God in the sense of just to get stuff. Yeah, he'll provide for us. He's the provider, and he's the one that takes care of us, and he's our resource, and he's the source of life. But at the same time, God doesn't just do that so that we could just be sourced, so that we could just live and survive. He says, no, you have a greater value than that. You don't just live and exist. I have a purpose for you, and it has eternal value attached to it. So that if, if you don't have anything, yet you know me and you, have, and you understand that eternal value, then your value system changes. Your value system is not based on that of the world. Your value system is based on our eternal God. And he gives that to us. You know, we grow up with certain words, and there are certain words that will ring in our minds that we say often, but after a while, because we say it so often, it doesn't ring as true as it should uh, biblically as well as how God wants us to think. So I'm going to write down some things and you kind of finish it off, okay? So, and this might be for some of you old school people, okay? What is this? Okay, two plus two equals, but if you add boyfriend and girlfriend, two, B, two, come on guys, don't, don't act, no, together, four, See? Look at that. Yeah, tweet that. Put that on Instagram. I should do that. Because some people won't understand what that is. This is how we used to text on walls for everybody to see. That was our social media. We'd put it on walls. Actually, it's called graffiti, but, you know, that was our social media. But this is what we'd do. And what we didn't realize is when we say forever, that's a long time. Now, some of you guys broke up for the ones you said to be together forever. That's okay. Heidi and I are still going strong, and I know some of you are still going strong, and that's good. But forever is a long time. I think for some people, it should have been like this, to be together for one hour <laughs> or, or, or four days, or some, something like that. I, I don't know. It's like everybody, everybody changes, right? So... We go through our our moods and things. But this one, forever. Did you know that forever is reserved for God? Because that's what God said, that you're going to be with me together forever. And he never goes back on his promises. How, How about this one? Finish these sentences for me. Always end. And that means I sung it correctly. So that's a song, right? Who sings that song? Who is it? Boys to men? Always and forever? But Lionel Richie was the OG. Oh, original guy. (laughs) So he was the original guy. (laughs) What was? Kind of bringing out Waimanalo. Okay, what about this movie? Guess this movie. 
forever. Sandlot, yes. Now, if you have not seen that movie, it's a kind of, you know, it's like, give him a prize. You know, someone gave me a Hawaiian brain freeze um, gift certificate. I would give that out, but it's Hawaiian brain freeze. So, yeah, okay, try this one. Um, if children are in a car and they're waiting on their, on, and they're waiting to get there, they will say, it's taking <laughs> okay, you're at the microwave to heat something up for one minute, and you say, it's taking Why is that? Why do we use the word forever for something that takes a minute or something that may take 15 minutes? Or if you're driving somewhere, it's like, it's taking forever. Or you're waiting for someone, and you're texting them, you're taking forever, and it's right down the road. Like, we use this word forever actually in the wrong context, so by the time we get to God and God says, I have an everlasting love. I am your eternal God. I will love you forever. We can't even fathom that because we were so desensitized to the word because we use it in so many different ways that it doesn't even make sense here in this life. And we try to use it in a way that, that exaggerates and we want to make a point. Sometimes we're dramatic about it, but that word forever is reserved for God. That's the only way we will have forever. It's only with God because he's eternal. And God put that eternity in the heart of every single person. And there's a reason for that. In fact, he is called the almighty God, but he's also called the everlasting father. He has words or he has names attached to it that means eternal, forevermore. That word eternal cannot be measured it's a duration of time that just, you cannot measure eternity. You, there's no history in eternity. It's, it, it's what it is. And the, the good news is because God is an eternal God, he sees everything that we're doing from beginning to end. And he still loves us. You might be thinking, yeah, but sometimes I slip and I fall. I do this, I do that. Right. But that doesn't change your eternal value. That does, however, changes where you are here on this earth because there is wisdom and consequences. Wisdom says, I know what I shouldn't do, therefore I'm not. Consequences says, I know what I shouldn't do, but I'm going to try. And then you hit the wall, and now there's consequences. Both will teach you, but one teaches you before you hit the wall, which is wisdom. Consequence will teach you the same lesson but it'll teach you after the wall, after the hurt, after the pain, and after the suffering. That's what consequences do. But God has given us this eternal spirit so that we can apply wisdom to it. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 57, verse 15, it says that the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. See, God can do that because he's eternal. He's not locked in time. He's outside of time. Therefore, when we come before him and we say, Lord, I humble myself before you, my spirit is crushed. And he says, you know, I can revive that. I can restore that. I can give you a new heart. I can, I can give you courage where you have fear. So when God does this, he does it with a purpose so that we can continue to look to him. In the dictionary, it gives us this definition 
of eternal. It means without ever ending. There's just, just no end to it. Continually, always, lasting for an endless period of time. Because even that, we have a hard time fathoming. We cannot fathom eternity. I, I heard it said like this, and, and Pastor Wayne does a great job. He says, imagine a line that goes all the way across to as far as you can see, and you shoot that line all the way across as far as you can see. That represents eternity. And then you take a little pen, and you put a little mark right there. The width of this, maybe a, a sixteenth of an inch, the width of this represents our time here on this earth compared to eternity. And what ends up happening is you and I look at this little scratch and we say, I want to live for this. And God is saying, why would you want to live for this tiny little scratch? Oh, because, because I want to have fun. You're just trying to ruin my fun. And God's saying, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not focused on this. I'm focused on your eternity. This time here on this earth, I have a purpose for you to be used for me. Yeah, 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 but God, if I live for you, that means I have to give up everything else. He says, no, 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 when you live for me, you gain everything else. What profits a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul in the process? So he says, what do you want to live for? You want to live for this tiny little scratch life, or you want to live for an eternal life because of your value that you have in me? So it's our choice. To me, it's a no-brainer that I'd rather live for God's eternal life rather than just this life here on this earth. So you might be thinking, well, I want this eternal life, and, I, and isn't it true that if I receive Jesus, then I have that eternal life? Yes, you do. But at the same time, we're still here on, the, here on this earth to accomplish a mission. For us here at this church, our, our mission is simple. It's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts, converts into disciples, and then disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who will go out into the world and reach others for Christ. Someone did that for us. That's our mission. That's what we do here. That's why everything we do has the gospel of, attached to it, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that we've been forgiven of sin, that we've been washed clean, and now we have eternal life. We, 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 we preach that because God gave us eternal life to spend with him. But in the meantime, there's a lot of work to be done on this tiny little scratch here in this earth. There are a lot of people to reach, people in our very own families that we have to reach. And God, God doesn't, he doesn't look at our world with all the bad things that are happening and gets discouraged. God already had his plan in place. If you, be, if you read the Bible and you begin in the book of Genesis, it's his story that unfolds. So God is not a God who is unaware of what is happening, nor is his plan thwarted. He uses you and I as lights into this world to light up the darkness so that people can find him. But he lives on high, and he's the one that is in eternity. So we're going to look at a couple things that will help us in knowing and understanding our eternal value. Here's, here's the first thing. To think eternal, more than temporal. Like that's how our mentality has to be. We have to think eternal, not temporary. If we begin to think temporary, then we'll get stuck in temporary fights, temporary arguments, temporary relationships, temporary financial struggles. We'll go through temporary things and think that's what life is all about. 
And God says, I have a bigger plan for you. Yes, you're going to go through these things, but that's temporary. If you have an eternal mindset, now everything changes. The way we think changes. How we speak changes. The way we live changes. Why? Because everything is based on thinking eternal, not temporal. So we don't get frazzled as, as much. We don't, we don't get discouraged so quickly. We don't give up so fast. Why? Because we're thinking eternal. My grandchildren, every spring, we would take them to Waikoloa and would stay in one of the condos and because it takes some time to save up money to stay in those condos, but it's so worth it for our grandchildren and our children while they're growing up. So what we would do is take them to Waikoloa and they would play in the pool and things like that and we'd just have fun, stay there for a couple of days. So every year, they keep asking, when are we going to Waikoloa? So this year, maybe not. We're not sure yet. But they keep asking. In fact, they're planning it. I'm like, hey, we got to pay for it. So you can plan all you want. I'll meet you there. So they, they, they love being there. And the reason why they love being there is because they have fun all day long. Now, there's three of them. There's an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. A four-year-old. And they're all boys. And if you have boys in your family, they fight. So last year when they were fighting, I overheard one of them as they're complaining say, wait, 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 why are you guys grumbling? We're going to Waikoloa. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I think they're like, blaming their toys. They weren't sharing. We're going to Waikoloa. They're like, yeah, we're going to Waikoloa. And then that was it. The fight was done. They were sharing toys. They were fine. Now, something changed. They still had to share their toys. They were still in the same situation. They were still in the same location around the same people. But what changed was the way they were thinking. They weren't thinking about this temporary, I'm going to share, I'm going to take this, and you need to share that. This is my toy. They, they left that on the side for something even greater. Waikoloa. <laughs> to them, Waikoloa was the grand thing. It's like, you can play with those dinosaurs. I'm going to go swimming. To them, this was so small compared to Waikoloa. And for some of us, we're stuck in our world playing with these little toys, thinking that this is all there is to life. And so we're stuck grumbling with each other that you don't do this. Well, you should do this. Well, how come you don't do this? Why you said this? Well, how come you tell the pastor about this? Why you never share that? So we, we have all of these arguments and like we're in this little world and it's like God whispers and says, hey, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. And you will not look like you do today. You will look even better. Not saying we all look kind of weird. It's just saying we're going to have a brand new body. <laughs> and we can eat as much <laughs> as we want because they said there's fruit trees in heaven. and whatever, whatever. Jesus has a buffet for us. He says we're going to feast together with him. We're going to dine with him. Can you see the picture that God is painting for us? He's saying, don't get caught up in this life that is so temporary. You got to think eternal because that's where, when we think eternal, that's where our heart is going to gravitate towards. And when our heart gravitates towards eternity, then all the little things that take place here on this earth is small. Small compared to eternity. Everything changes when we think eternal. In John chapter, seven, uh, excuse me, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus comes along with his to his disciples, and he says, you know, let not your heart be troubled. 
He says, you believe in God, now, now believe also in me. And then he paints this picture for them. He says, listen, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. We got to catch that. It's not just you're going to go to heaven. Jesus says, I personally will come and get you. I'm going to receive you to myself. That's how much he loves us. He will go out of his way to get us. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. One of his disciples, Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how we can know the way. And Jesus said to him, you want to say it together? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that one statement causes many religions to say that's false. How can Jesus be the only way? Well, I, I could say that there's an argument there if, if there was someone else that came and did what Jesus did. Now, many people have died. Many people have been crucified. Many have had crusades and had a cause and did things in the name of God. So I can give them that. That maybe there are certain things that could be almost as equal as the things that Jesus did. Beside the miracles, you know, walking on water, you know, those things like that. that you know, those, even if Jesus didn't do those things, there's one thing that only Jesus did. And that's resurrecting from the grave. I mean, if, if, if you want to have an argument about Jesus and, and everything that he did, I can, I can give that. But to explain that he came back to life and was witnessed by hundreds of people tells us that what he said, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, is truth. Because only he can back up what he actually said. And he proved it with his very own death and resurrection. So when we think eternal, and Jesus says that I have a place prepared for you, it helps us not to be caught up in the things we don't have. Because sometimes we look at what we don't have, and then we question God. And God says, I understand, yeah, you may not, but wait till you see your mansion. Wait till you see your home with me. And when you find yourself getting caught up in, the, in whatever you're in, it could be complaining or grumbling or fighting or, or throwing in the towel or giving up, or giving up on life or your dream, and you have no more strength to go on or, or you lose a loved one, think eternal. Because this tiny little scratch will come and go. But eternity lasts as long as we cannot even measure it. It's immeasurable. So we have, we think in that kind of way because we have eternity. The second thing is to seek God and reach out to him. Now, it seems simple. It seems like that's, I always do that. But there's a difference between just calling out to God or praying to God and seeking him. Seeking has a direct purpose to it. It's intentional. In Acts chapter 17, 
verses 24 through 31, it tells us that the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far away from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And Paul the apostle, or in, in this case, uh, they, were, they, were, they were trying to picture what it was like to have a one God because there were others who had other gods and they had different beliefs. And so Paul the apostle is trying to say, listen, this is, this is who God is. You have all these man-made gods. You have all of these statues. Let me tell you about this one God. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. That that's where our value is going to be in. I'm so glad it's in Jesus Christ, the very one who said, I go and prepare a place for you. The very one who said, I will love you. The very one who said, when I am ready, I will come and get you. The very one who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm so glad it's him. I'm so glad it's our Savior, because our value is not dependent on what you do, who you think you are. Your value is dependent on how much someone is willing to pay for you. And Jesus paid his life for you and I. See, value is never determined by what we think. Value is not determined by a price tag someone puts on it. Our value is determined by how much someone is willing to pay. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. In other words, the life that he has given to you here on this earth, you, you, we can use it and, or, or we can squander it, or he says, or you can use it to glorify and honor me. It's our choice. He gives that to us. We always, we always read this during our Christmas season because it's the time we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 tells us that for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now we read these names, and we usually celebrate the names of Jesus during Christmas time because it's that time of his birth. But what the Lord is telling us is that's throughout the entire year as well as your entire life as well as for all of eternity. That's who he is. Therefore, because of who he is, 
and his value and him dying for us, he increased our value to us. In other words, if you're at a place in life and you're saying, I don't, I don't think my life is that value, I, I, uh, valuable. I don't, I, you know, I've done some things that are bad, so I, it kind of lowers my value. Even though you may think that, God says, well, here's my son. This is who he is. This is how much he's worth. He died for you. So therefore, whatever value you think you have, it just got increased with the fact of knowing that Jesus, the Son of God, died for you. Even if you don't receive that, it increases your value because your value is based upon not who you are or what you've done or how much you have, but it's based upon how much someone is willing to pay for you. And that's what Jesus did. And then the last thing that we can do to understand our eternal value is to do everything with eternity in mind. Do everything with eternity in mind. Everything that we do must have an eternal, like an eternal thought attached to it, an, an eternal direction, the vision of eternity, the vision of what, what God is making us to be and who he's making us to be because we're eternal beings. We're not here on this temporary life or in this temporary life just to do things that are temporary. He says, use your temporary life for eternal value. That you can do things here in this temporary world that will change what will take place in eternity. So think, say, and do things with an eternal perspective. When you're washing dishes, think eternal. Think, I ain't washing dishes in heaven. You got to think eternal. When you do things that you hate, think eternally. Like, okay, in eternity, I'm not going to be doing this. I'm not going to be digging weeds. I'm not going to be doing things like this. I'm not going to be toiling and laboring. I don't need to listen to my boss anymore, if, if the, that kind of relationship. But as a Christian, you should be, you know, Jesus uh, represented. So, but when you get into eternity, it's going to be completely different. So you have to have eternity in mind. Whatever struggles we go through, when we think eternal, it changes everything. So do everything with eternity in mind. When you're tucking in your children, do it with eternity in mind. Say a prayer with them. Talk to them about Jesus. Let them know how valuable they are. Because many of them are going to school and no one is saying that to them. In fact, they're saying the opposite. And they may never tell you. But if you say a prayer with them, you introduce them to their eternal father, it changes everything. When you're connecting with people and building relationships, do that with eternity in mind. We have our Easter invitation cards. And it's so cute. Kind of like an Easter egg. So... But it, we wanted to say experience new life because for many of us, we, we know God, we have a relationship with him, we understand new life. But there are many people and they're watching us. The world is watching us more than ever. The world is watching believers more than ever because of the way the world is. They're watching what we say, what we agree with, what we disagree with, what we bring up, what we talk about, what we do, what we drink, what we smoke, what we do in life, everything that we do, they're watching us. So when we invite them to experience new life, they're going to want to know, what do you think? Do you think the same way? When you invite someone and you say, hey, you got you to gotta, you come to church, you gotta, there's something that God has for you, a plan that God has for you, some type of revelation, or God wants to show you something. He wants to show you how much you're valued, how much meaning you have, how much you're loved. And when you give this to someone, 
it increases their value. We have our times on the back uh, with Palm Sunday starting off our Easter week, and that's on the 25th of this month, so quickly that March is here. But this is a, a, such a great way to add value to people, to let them know they are loved. Now, we live in a world that is, you know, social media, technological, and so there are some people that you're just not going to be able to actually hand out a card because of location or whatever it may be. So what we did is on our app, if you go on our, our church app, in the corner, it'll say, let me load it up. On the corner, it will uh, show you the invitation. And if you click that, it'll take you to a link. And you share that link, and you can text it to someone. And the reason why we want you to, to text it to someone and not blanket email is because that's impersonal. If you, if you text a friend and you say, you know, I wanted to invite you to church. Here's an invitation, but I know I'm not going to see you for the next couple of weeks or whatever it is. I just wanted to uh, invite you. Then at least you're doing that and you're, you're texting them or you're letting them know. And then what you'll do is you'll, you'll copy it and then you'll, I think it's the connect with us. Is it, Erica, connect with us? Did you just say no? Okay. Well, after service, go see Erica. She showed me that. I'm like, where did it go? So, or you can go to our Facebook page and download the invitation, and then you can share that also. But there is a way to do it right through our app. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she just went back in the room. So with this invitation, what we're doing is we're putting it in your hands to invite people, to let them know that there is life and a great life in Christ. I, I, I can't imagine everything that you and I struggle with as believers, right, as Christians. People think, oh, well, you're, you're a Christian, so life must be easy. <laughs> I, I try to imagine people who go through the same things we go through, and they don't know God. See, that's what happens. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Right on cue, buddy. Think about the people that surround you, your family members, that maybe they're rejecting God for whatever reason, that they're going through whatever life struggle without God. We go through struggles with God, but we have hope because of God. And because of God giving us hope, we have that strength. Because of that strength that he gives to us, we can persevere. Because of his spirit and him allowing us to persevere, we can continue on and move forward. And we can see the greater days ahead because of who he is. So take those invitations and, and um, give it to someone. Everything we do is with eternity in mind. Everything we do here at this church has eternity attached to it. That's why we say we reach people far from God one relationship at a time. It's just that invitation, a simple invitation, a simple text message that says, hey, I want to invite you. Just it's a simple thing. Everything we do is attached to a soul. Every bulletin we print, every, every dish that we serve, every parking lot uh, area that we clear out, every car that we park, every worship song we sing, every practice that we have, everything we do has eternity in mind. Everything. The chairs that we have here, the air conditioning. By the way, is it too cold? <laughs> that was quick. Yes, everybody's all different. You have to sit in various areas. We're going to put signs that says cold, colder, warm, and things like that. We're not going to do that, but that's actually what happens. But even that, everything we do is attached to a soul. Our heart is that we would partner with you in your attempts to reach your family and friends.
so that when you invite them to church, the worship team practiced. They did everything possible so that when we sing worship songs to God, we can do it in a way that's pleasing to God, in a way that's not distracting. When we, when we, when we have our kitchen crew and our, our, our well that has, has smoothies and different foods that we have, we don't just cook because people are hungry. We do this so families can sit down together and talk, so relationships can be built. We do this so that children can get a snack and they can sip on some smoothies, something light, and they can sit down and relax with their parents. We have our children's ministry so that we can introduce your children to Jesus so that they understand and they know the Savior. We do everything in such a way that we think eternally. Everything we do. We don't watch kids. We don't have relentless, our youth ministry, so that you can have a break from them. You may feel like that, like, yes, please take my kid. But the reason why we do this is so that they can find God. Everything has eternity attached to it. Everything is attached to a soul. When we broadcast this online, our hope is that someone would find Jesus. When you share these messages through our app or whatever ways, our hope is that someone would find Jesus. Why? Because everyone has an eternal value. Never forget our value and that our value, value is within God or our value is in God. And because we're doing everything with eternity in mind, it's okay to think in this way. That when I get to heaven, God will reward me. It's okay to think that way. He even said that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. He says, and when you fast, do not make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. In other words, he's saying, if you're fasting to look good or fasting to show your spirituality, that's temporary. That's all you're going to get because you're equal now with temporary. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't store up treasure here on this earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So he's saying if you're thinking eternally, you're storing up your treasures in heaven, that's where your heart is going to gravitate to. That's why when you pray over the tithes and offering, it's not just praying over them, it's praying over you too. It's praying over your heart, your soul, your, the vision of your life and the direction of your life. That Lord, with the gifts that are being given, Lord, direct us all so that we can follow your ways, so that we can become the people that you vision us to be because you see us eternally. And when you do things with eternity in mind, you build more character than reputation. That's what Jesus was referring to. He's saying, don't do it just for show. That's reputation. Do things for character building. That's the value that God wants us to have. It's eternal. Reputation is, is temporary. Reputation is what people think about you. That's reputation. So you can build reputation. You can build that up to let people see what you want them to see. That's reputation. We do that online, social media. We want people to think that this is our life. So that's our reputation. Character, on the other hand, character is who we really are. That's our character. And that's what God sees. God looks at our character. 
That is eternal. And so we store everything up with that which is eternal. Reputation, temporary. Character, eternal. Do everything with eternity in mind. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. I'm going to invite Grayson to come up to the keyboard. I'm going to end with this story. And uh, Heidi and I just came back from traveling. We went to, well, I had a meeting in Los Angeles, and then uh, we met our son, Jordan, on Oahu. So we were there for a couple of days. And if you grew up on Oahu, you grew up going to the swap meet. The swap meet at Aloha Stadium. So we go to the swap meet, and you have everything there. You have all kinds of things. Uh, because people are selling their, their wares, their goods, whatever they have, food, and, and I love the snacks, so I, I, I'll buy different snacks. But Heidi likes looking at, like, interesting things, like garage sale stuff. She'll go to, like, I'm looking for the, the nice racks and then the things that are nice and clean and everything. Heidi's, like, looking on the ground and things on tarps and old things, and, and she's texting our, texting our friends, like, hey, what do you think about this? And, and as we're looking at these things, I look at what is brand new and what is old. And how come this old thing is worth more than that brand new thing? And one guy, as he's bargaining with people, we overhear the price. And Heidi says, oh, no, no, don't buy from that guy. He's, he's, he's um, raising his prices. In fact, and we say it here in Hawaii, he's ripping people off. That's what we say, right? No, 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 buy from me. We're ripping people off. So I thought about it. We laughed and we, we kind of kept going. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? He's, he's actually not. He's, not. he's not ripping people off if people are willing to pay the price for it. If they're willing to pay the price for it, that's not on him. That's on them. If something is worth five cents and he's selling it for $500, and someone comes along and says, oh, I want to buy that. And someone says, it's, seriously, it's only five cents. It's only worth five cents. No, 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 but he's selling it for 500 I'm willing to pay the price. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks about if it's a nickel because the person willing to buy it gave it its value. And I think we live in a world where people will tell you how much you're worth. People will give you value. They'll give you a name. They'll call you things. They'll say things to you. They'll ignore you. They won't invite you. They'll say certain things to give you your worth. And then Jesus comes along and he says, I'll, I'll pay the price. And everybody else is saying, well, oh, Jesus, you don't know what this person did. They're, <laughs> they're like a nickel. He says, no, they're, they're much more valuable than that. Really, Jesus, how much, how much, what are you willing to pay? $50, $500? And he says, no. I'll pay eternity. You can't measure 
eternity. Your value is immeasurable. Not because of what we did, but because of what he's done. Your value and my value only has eternal value. Let no one tell you different. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord Jesus, you have given us more than just a life here on this earth. You've given us eternal value. We live in a temporary world with temporary things, with temporary items. But while you were here on this earth, Lord, you constantly thought eternal. You sought the Father. You, you, you reached out to him. You obeyed the Father. And everything you did had eternity in mind. So how much more should we live with these kinds of values? So Lord, we pray tonight that if we ever go in or find ourselves in situations that we're thinking temporary, can you remind us of our eternal value? You're the one who increased our value. It's not what we did or what we do. It's who you are. And because of who you are and you giving us this value, we now can think eternally, do things eternally, speak eternally, and do everything with an eternal value attached to it. Everything we do, Lord, must have eternity in mind because we're believers. And because we're believers, you prepare a place for us. And if it were so, if it were not so, you would have told us, but you prepare a place for us that one day when we're ready, when you're ready, you will come and get us, that we will be with you wherever you are, and that we would be together forever. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen, amen. Isn't he so good to us? He's so good to us.